0: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shab LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space, so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now, here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the
1: MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to hear part two of our interview with an expert in paid social advertising. Timothy Brown is the customer acquisition lead at Huckberry, an online magazine and men's fashion retailer. Huckberry has gone from a bootstrap startup to becoming an innovator in the digital commerce space. And in our last episode, Tim walked us through some of the analysis and advertising strategy that he uses to promote the Huckberry brand. If you missed that episode, I highly recommend that you give it a listen. That said, in this episode, Tim is going to walk us through what it takes to launch, evaluate, and scale a successful social advertising campaign. Here is the second part of our interview with Timothy Brown from Huckberry. Two comments. One, I've always said that paid acquisition is a young man's game. It's a lot of micro-optimizations and a lot of variables. So it's hard to separate yourself from the operational detail level and think about larger strategic things, which is why, in my opinion, see a lot of people that are relatively young that excel at being an operator in these channels. The second thing is people ask me as part of my consulting business, how much do I need to invest to understand whether a paid performance channel works for me and how long does it take? I have a philosophy. I would love to hear yours. How much budget do they need? How much time should they allocate? And how long do they have to wait to be able to know whether the channel is optimized and effective?
2: I'll definitely comment on your first point here, that acquisition and sort of digital marketing is a young man's game. I think it's true people my age sort of grew up with Facebook and Instagram, and I think it's a lot of contextual sort of knowledge. It's understanding the user psych behind, okay, if I'm going through the feed, what am I looking for? What placements are gonna work? What imagery is gonna work for this particular audience? Whereas I think a lot of younger people have a hard time either buying into or understanding why TV or radio or billboards are important. So to get to that point, you look at a company and see, are they doing a lot of high level brand strategy or are they really diving into like digital marketing and like sort of these channels that you can optimize and tweak at extreme levels? And it really comes back to sort of the marketer or sort of whoever's leading the charge on that team and sort of their background.
1: Absolutely. And on some level, I segment marketing strategy and growth strategy, where people are thinking about data-driven micro-optimizations, and that leads them to one direction, and that's a growth focus, as opposed to having an identity foundation and building that way and sort of using a top-down approach to then drive your growth strategy. I think that Huckberry actually started off with a great sense of brand identity and then has shifted towards the digital growth strategy. And I think it's one of the best examples of a company that truly understands who they are and has a brand mission and message, and then has been able to apply that in a digital marketing-driven growth strategy.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Just going back to the background of the founders, Rich and Andy are founders here. They both came from investment banking backgrounds. So they were both in very similar fields, And when they started Huckberry, Andy decided that he was going to be sort of the creative head. And he started taking a bunch of Photoshop classes and reading user psych books and just really trying to get into the mindset of how to build a brand, how to do creative right, and how to sort of understand the customer and speak to the customer and not speak at the customer. And over time, when I got here two and a half years ago, I was probably one of the top two or three most analytical people in the entire company. And that's neither good or bad, but like the reality was, I think over time, over the first four or five years, just by nature of the hiring process and who they brought onto the team, they were heavily over-indexed in creative folks. And it wasn't a lot of people that were forcing others to look at the data and see what their creative decisions were sort of leading to. And I think for a lot of young companies that works really well up to a certain point. So yes, they developed an amazing brand identity. They knew how to talk to people in a great voice and got the email going, which is still one of our strongest channels. And now the big opportunity is we have to be able to get in front of the right people and we have to do it at the right time in the right place. And as we get bigger and bigger, that becomes harder and harder when we're talking to people that are really outside the core. But I will say that joining a company who already has an extremely strong brand identity and a real core value prop, it makes my life really easy from a performance marketing standpoint when I can almost put up anything on Facebook and it'll do well just because when they come to the site, they do have a great experience across the entire brand.
1: At the end of the day, you need both to continue to grow. You can only grow so much and optimize Paid channels to an extent. And there are only so many ways that you can expand to new channels. And on the flip side, a wonderful brand and a well articulated purpose. You know, the rubber doesn't meet the road unless there is a channel that stays in front of the customers with the right message at the right time. So I think we're both saying the same thing. I do want to get your opinion about how to evaluate paid marketing channels. What's the rule of thumb for you when you're starting a new channel?
2: You know, In terms of a budget, when I first started here at Huckberry, we were trying to prove out that any paid channel would work. So starting started with Facebook. You can spend $5 a day as a minimum. And I know I have friends and influencers that I follow who run blogs, and that's what they spend. They spend $5, $10, $20 a day. And that's all they need to get the growth that they're sort of expecting the reason that they have a smaller budget is because there's probably longer life cycles and they're relying on ad revenue, so it's all about traffic, and there's sort of different goals there, but now that we're starting to dive into other channels, whether it be podcasting or going deeper into Google, our initial testing budget is much, much bigger. We know that certain strategies will work across both channels. So we've sort of adopted the bottoms up approach for our performance-based channels. So when we dive into Google, the first thing we do is set up like bottom of the funnel. So like card abandonment campaigns. And then maybe people that view products a couple times. And then anybody that's visited the site. And then we start to move further and further up the funnel, starting to do some acquisition and retargeting at a very high level. So We start by optimizing the bottom, because I think it's kind of like the leaky bucket idea. Like if we don't have our optimization and our funnels sort of tightened up at the bottom, it doesn't matter how much traffic we drive if we're not able to take advantage of the fact that they visited a certain product or a category and we're not retargeting them or hitting them when we need to when they're showing high intent. So in terms of a testing budget, when we run any new campaign on Facebook, I've talked to other marketing professionals who say they run maybe $1,000 or $2,000 in the first day or two on a new campaign, and we're not that bullish. We have thousands of products on the site, so we're very conservative in testing a new campaign for a product. So we will spend maybe $30 to $50 per ad set just to test it for a day or two, just to see if we can get some initial traffic, just to get some initial engagement on the post. And as things start to do well, and you get a couple orders coming in, the return on ad spend is there. It's a profitable campaign. You can start to scale slowly. And eventually, some campaigns have their life cycles where you basically saturate the entire audience that you're talking to. And you have to kill the campaign. You have to pivot You have to find a new audience. You have to put a different creative. So the other side of that is some campaigns can live for a very long time. So we put up a campaign for a product called GrowlWorks and we used the video. And all it did was talk about the different features of the product. Very, very basic, but we started to get a little bit of engagement on it. And as we got more views and more likes and more comments and more shares, that social proof is there and people start to feed off each other. So at that point, we were able to scale and the comments continued to flood. People are tagging each other, saying that you got to buy this for Christmas for me, you got to buy it for your dad, your uncle, whatever it may be. And that's scalable. But again, even that campaign eventually took a downturn and back to the young man's game, you have to be watching it daily. We like to say digital marketing, is sort of like day trading attention. And we have to be ready for when people stop paying attention because you can scale a campaign to where you're spending two three thousand dollars a day, and things are going well, and overnight something happens, and all of a sudden you're spending two three grand a day, and you're getting zero dollars in revenue back.
1: I love the day trading metaphor. That's brilliant. The rule of thumb that I say is ten grand for three months, and you'll have the channel as optimized as you're going to get it, as long as you're paying attention.
2: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And that was sort of the way I found my way into Huckberry. They actually gave me a five-week trial to come prove myself and prove that we could make a profitable channel out of Facebook. And my second week here was Black Friday. So it was very hectic. We had no process in place. I was still trying to learn how to run a Facebook ad at the time. So, And I think something for everybody to know is just there's going to be an investment period where you're learning testing. And no, we were not profitable on the first few months that we were doing this. And it's because we were trying to find our footing. You're trying to find what strategies, what tactics, what type of ads work for you. Is it image ads? Is it link ads? Is it carousels? Is it video? Is it some combination? And one big benefit of joining Huckberry and starting paid acquisition at such a late stage six years into the company was when I got here, they already had 200,000 Facebook followers. And it was all organic. They never bought likes. They never did crazy big sweepstakes that were just meant to get Facebook likes. They had organically built a very strong following, both on Facebook and on Instagram, which has a lot to say to social proof. Like, people like this brand, and it makes our lives easier when we put up a Facebook ad and somebody wants to click through our page just to see what we're all about. And they see that we have a quarter million followers and 40 of their friends like us. That adds a lot of value versus somebody who maybe has a smaller blog or something and they only have a thousand likes. Not to say that you can't be successful with Facebook ads, but there's definitely a lot of value to having that sole consensus.
1: Makes sense. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X.co. So talk to me about what's next for you. You've expanded beyond being the individual operator, the individual contributor running paid acquisition. What are the challenges you're facing? One of
2: the biggest challenges is just managing this team. It's easy for me to look at things and say, oh, I could do it better or I could jump in there and I should be helping more. But I think as a manager, my biggest goal and the opportunity for the company is for me to teach a man how to fish. I don't want to be the manager that jumps in anytime anything's going wrong. But you know, I do think there's a big opportunity to lead a, a much larger team here in Huckberry. So we are looking at new channels. We are trying to get into the podcast game or we're advertising on podcasts and looking for different ways to do that, different ways to test, how do we prove that out? We're looking at Google is the biggest opportunity I think that we have at this point. It's such a big channel and there's so many different aspects to it. And what we're trying to figure out with Google is how does it play into the overall ecosystem? So we know that if we run display ads, we won't see the immediate return on ad spend like we will on Facebook. But what we might see is if we pair a display ad with a search ad, or we watch the organic traffic and the direct traffic, how display affects those two channels, we might see that there's an immediate or sort of direct correlation to a lift in sales. So a couple of different strategies we have in mind that we haven't dove into yet, but will be soon in sort of geo-targeting certain cities. and see what sort of effect that has on those areas over a certain amount of time and maybe that's a longer test three six months to see the effects on organic search and direct traffic but then pairing that with our performance-based channels so if we're running a big billboard test and podcast in austin we should be running that brand campaign parallel on all of our digital channels to really give it sort of the biggest opportunity for success and if we find that that strategy works. It's not easy to just implement that kind of strategy nationwide, considering it's a big investment. If you're talking about the billboards in New York, or San Francisco, or Chicago, or LA, where we can start to pick cities that we know there's a strong presence of great customers, but maybe aren't getting the attention from other big retailers or the big tech companies that are focused on sort of big urban
1: areas. You're getting into the multi-channel attribution and brand advertising game, which I would say now you're getting out of the young man's game into the old man's game. But that's a topic for a totally separate (laughs) podcast. I'd love to hear how it goes. On a personal level, you mentioned developing managerial expertise. Talk to me about your long-term career goals, uh, you know, and what else are you trying to develop? What direction are you trying to head personally?
2: Very, very, very long-term. The ultimate goal, I think, of most marketers and myself included is to either be the VP of growth or a CMO, like have a high level role that sort of plays across all the different aspects of marketing. That includes brand marketing, performance marketing, sort of on site optimization, depending on what sort of industry you're working in. uh, That becomes really important for growth. So, you know, that's sort of the long term high level goal. Over the next few years, really trying to build out this team, like you said, build some really solid foundational managerial expertise, um, very quickly learning that being a manager at a corporate setting is a unique challenge. And the way sort of, I've been trained at Rockberry is that a leader is, is really anything it needs to be to be successful. Sometimes I have to jump into the trenches. Sometimes it means stepping back and letting people learn on their own or letting people find the solution and come to you with the answer. And sometimes it means having hard conversations and other times it means being a cheerleader, just standing on the sideline and saying, go, go, go.
1: In that vein, tell me, for the people that are listening to this conversation that are aspiring marketers or are early on in their career... You are the youngest person that we've interviewed so far for the podcast. So I'm interested to hear what advice do you have for someone who's just starting out? One
2: big piece of advice, and I think I sort of just fell into this by accident, but I would encourage everybody to do this, is just try to understand data. Try to be as analytical as possible. When I came into Huckberry, I was one of the most analytical people. And now we have some other people that are here and that can run SQL and like pull this data for me and find holes in my analysis. It's all about being able to ask the right questions, right? Like I don't have to do a lot of the same data pools and like really diving as deep as I used to because we've been lucky enough to find some really smart people to do that for us, but they have nothing to do unless we're asking the right questions. So it's understanding even if you don't know every aspect of Excel, I think having some basic knowledge of the way data works and, and sort of how it plays into the bigger picture. That's sort of one side of it to digital marketing. And really, any marketing. I think that's sort of one misconception. A lot of people think marketing is sales, and it is, but I think a lot of marketing is data driven, especially in 2018. There's a lot of gut involved, and sort of that's the other side is understanding brand, understanding the importance of brand, and not thinking that data tells the whole story. I think that understanding it and understanding how to pull insights from it is important, but you have to realize that. Behind every number on that paper, there is a person taking a real action in real life. They're sitting on the bus on their commute, they're looking at your website, and you have to understand the user psychology behind why they decided to come to your site, why you think they should purchase from you, and why they should continue using your product after they've already bought Those are sort of the two very high level areas of knowledge that I would focus on is understand the consumer, understand why brand is important, and then understand the data and how to pull
1: insights from it. I think that's great advice. Uh, Last question for you, anybody you're trying to meet, anything you'd like to promote, if people are interested in getting in touch with you or learning about Huckberry, how can they do that?
2: So you can find me on LinkedIn. I basically accept anybody on LinkedIn at this point. I'm always willing to chat or grab a coffee if you're in San Francisco. I love talking to other marketers and meeting them and just hearing about sort of what they're doing. I love love hearing about sort of people in other industries or other companies and sort of how they're approaching very similar problems what I found is talking to other people outside of your industry or just outside of your company is extremely beneficial because a lot of the times they're facing issues that we've already solved for our company and vice versa. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Feel free to uh, add me there. In terms of promotion, nothing specific, but please check out Huckberry. Go ahead and sign up. And if you're going to buy something, make sure you click through a Facebook ad first.
1: <laughs> great. Okay. Tim, thanks so much for the time. It was great to have you here. And uh, thanks for teaching us a little bit about paid acquisition.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot, Dan. Let's do it again soon.
1: Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Timothy Brown from Huckberry for joining us. If you're interested in connecting with Tim, you can find him on LinkedIn under Timothy Brown. Or if you're interested in learning more about Huckberry, you can go to Huckberry.com. If you'd like to read the transcript of this podcast, we've published it on martechpod.com. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you very much. I want you to feel like a member of our community, so if you have any questions, comments, or if you'd like to be a guest on our show, please feel free to reach out to me directly at podcast at or you can connect with us on LinkedIn or Twitter. Our handle is LLC. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got some great episodes lined up in the next few weeks, so hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. Okay.